Blog Talk Radio. Just the two 
Hello, hello. This is Keto from the original Pajama Party. I am Keto. There is Papa Didi and Red Wine. They're on a little break right now, but they'll be right with us in a short short. But uh, we're going to kick this off. This is an old black history on um, Smokey Robinson. Um, you guys sit back and, and relax and listen to this. You might need a, a straight shot of uh, maybe Jameson Orange or some tequila, but this is something you guys need to hear. Check it out. Doug Poetry, please give it up for Smokey Robinson. I love being black. I love being called black. I love being an American. I love being a black American. But as a black man in this country, I think it's a shame that every few years we get a change of name. Since those first ships arrived here from Africa that came across the sea, there were already black men in this country who were free. And as for those who came over on those terrible boats, they were called nigger and slave and told what to do and how to behave. And then Master started tripping, doing his midnight tipping, down to the slave shacks where he forced he and great-great-grandma to be together. And if great-great-grandpa protested, he got tired and feathered. And at the same time, the black men in the country who were free were mating with the tribes like the Apache and the Cherokee. And as a result of all that, we're a parade of every shade. And in this late day and age, you can be sure there ain't too many of us in this country whose bloodline is pure. But according to a geological geographical genealogy study published in Time magazine, the black African people were the first on the scene. So for what it's worth, the black African people were the first on earth, and through migration, our characteristics started to change and rearrange to adapt to whatever climate we migrated to. And that's how I became me, and you became you. So if we're going to go back, let's go all the way back. And if Adam was black and Eve was black, then that kind of makes it a natural fact that everybody in America is an African-American. Everybody in Europe is an African-European. Everybody in the Orient is an African-Asian, and so on and so on. That is, if the origin of man is what we're going to go on. And if one drop of black blood makes you black like they say, then everybody's black anyway. So quit trying to change my identity. I'm already who I was meant to be. I'm a black American born and raised. And Brother James Brown wrote a wonderful phrase. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Because I'm proud to be black. And I ain't never lived in Africa. And because my great-great-granddaddy on my daddy's side did, don't mean I want to go back. <laughs> now, I have nothing against Africa. It's where some of the most beautiful places and people in the world are found. But I've been blessed to go a lot of places in this world. And if you ask me where I choose to live, I pick America, hands down. Now, by and by, we were called Negroes, and after a while, that name was banished. Anyway, Negro is just how you say black in Spanish. <laughs> then we were called colored, but shit, everybody's one color or another, and I think it's a shame that we hold that against each other. And it seems like we reverted back to a time when being called black was an insult, even if it was another black man who said that a fight would result, because we've been so brainwashed that black was wrong, so even the yellow niggas and the black niggas couldn't get along. <laughs> but then came the 1960s, when we struggled and died to be called equal in black, and we walked with pride with our heads held high and our shoulders pushed back, and black was beautiful. 
But I guess that wasn't good enough. Because now I had to come with some other stuff. Who comes up with this shit anyway? Was it one or a group of niggas just sitting around one day? Feeling a little insecure again about being called black and decided that African-American sounded a little more exotic. Well, I think he was being a little more neurotic. It's that same mentality that got Amos and Andy put off the air because they were embarrassed about the way the characters spoke. And as a result of that action, a lot of wonderful black actors ended up broke. When we were just laughing and having fun about ourselves. So I say, fuck you if you can't take a joke. You didn't see the Beverly Hillbillies being protested by white folks. And if you think, of course you think, that being called African-American sets all black people's minds at ease, since we affectionately call each other nigger, I affectionately say to you, nigger please. I didn't get a chance to vote on who I'd like to be. Who gave you the right to make that decision for me? I ain't under your rule or in your dominion, and I'm entitled to my own opinion. Now, there are some African-Americans here, but they recently moved here from places like Kenya, Ethiopia, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Zaire. But not a brother whose family's lived in this country for generations, occupying space in all the locations, New York, Miami, L.A., Detroit, Chicago, even if he's wearing a dashiki and sporting an afro. And if you go to Africa in search of your race, you'll find out quick you're not an African-American. You're just a black American in Africa taking up space. <laughs> Why you keep trying to attach yourself to a continent where even if you got the chance to go and you went, most people there wouldn't even claim you as one of them, as a purebred daughter or son of them. Your heritage is right here now, no matter what you call yourself or what you say. And a lot of people died to make it that way. And if you think America's a leader on inequality and suffering and grieving, how come there's so many people coming and so few leaving? Rather than all this fine thought with America shit you're promoting, if you want to change something, use your privilege. Get to the polls. Come and support them. God knows we've earned the right to be called American Americans and be free at last. And rather than you moving forward with progress, you're dwelling in the past. We struggled too long. We've come too far. And to the folks that know who we were, let's be proud of who we are. We're the only people whose name is always a trend. When is this shit going to end? Look at all the different colors of our skin. Black is not our color. It's our core. It's what we've been living and fighting and dying for. Yeah. But if you choose to be called African-American and that's your preference, then I give you that reference. But I know on this issue I don't stand alone on my own. And if I do, then let me be me. And I'd appreciate it if when you see me, you say, there goes a man who says it loud. I'm black. I'm black. I'm a black American and I'm proud because I love being an American. And I love being black. I love being called black. Yeah, I said it. And I don't take it back.
Hello, and you are listening to the original Pajama Party Adult Night Talk Show. Only one of its kind. It's uh, PJ's own, no clothes allowed, as they say. Um, I am Kettle, and we have Papa Didi and Red Wine, but they will be here shortly. So I'm going to get into my Hollywood wrap-up. I'm going to wrap it up early. All right. On the scene, I know it's been hotter than hot. It's been out there. Neo, Neo's wife, Crystal, files for divorce, claims he fathered a baby outside of the marriage. In court docs obtained by uh, E.T., they obtained some court docs. Um, His wife claims the singer recently fathered a child with another woman, calling their union irretrievably broken with no hope for reconciliation. I don't blame you. I'd be gone too. Uh, you out there being nasty, doing the things that you're doing. I'm really, really surprised at Neo. Neo claimed that hey, he loved his wife and, you know, he was all about her and yada, yada. And, you know, they got divorced, they got married, divorced, and he married, did the vows and everything. He said, enough is enough. I'm gone. Bye, Felicia. All right, so we're going to see how that plays out. Also, Whoopi, Whoopi um, Goldberg, she has a lot going on. She says uh, they're getting ready to do Sister Act 3. And guess who wants to be in Sister Act 3? Lizzo. Uh, the EGOT actress also talks about her new film called Luck and uh, teaming up with Kiki Palmer in her new Sister Act film as well. So Kiki Palmer, she's hot. She's off the chain. She was in um, Nope as well, uh, which wasn't one of the best movies to me. But that's what, you know, you like that kind of thing? Hey, go for it. Uh, the only way they got a better rating for me from 1 to 10 was a 5 on Nope was Kiki Palmer. She, she played the hell out of that role. So uh, Kiki Palmer and Lizzo will be in Sister Act 3. And also look out for uh, the film Lux, the animated um, uh, movie uh, that Whoopi is doing the voice on called Luck. And that's, uh, I believe that's on um, BET Plus. Okay. Also on Hollywood News, BET announces new dating show after Happily Ever After, hosted by Bow Wow. When is he been hiding? Haven't heard from Bow Wow in seems like 10 years, but Hey, in this picture I'm looking at, he's looking pretty good. He's looking like a young T.I., but he's looking pretty good. So, Happily Ever After will allow exes to play matchmakers for their former partners to help them let go, move on, and find love once again. Wow, that's a lot going on. It's called After, Happily Ever After. Wow. That's a hell of a name. So look for that on um, BET, and uh, Bow Wow will be hosting. It's going to be interesting. He, he's going from singer or rapper to host, TV host. So that should be interesting right there. But uh, like I said, he looks like a young T.I. I say go for it. Wow. Um, also on the news, um, if you guys have never watched Pose, um the, um, I think it was on for two or three seasons. It was pretty good. It was um, the underground um, dancing 
of um, uh, in the gay community, LGBT uh, community. Um, but the pose um, star Angelica Rose will make history on Broadway um, in Chicago. She will play Roxy Art. Um, and how many times are they going to do Chicago? But it's all good. Um, according to Playbill, starting on September the 12th, Ross will portray Roxy Art in the iconic Broadway show Chicago at the Ambassador Theater. Ross' um, eight-week limited engagement will end on November the 6th. Ross will make history as the first openly trans woman to play a leading role in a Broadway show. You better work, girl. Go do your thing. Or should I say him? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. Also, Tyler Perry. He's breaking his silence. Um, Tyler Perry on why he paid Cicely Tyson $1 million for a day of work. Okay. Um, interview with AARP, uh, the uh, uh, mogul, he said, I've never said this publicly, but I took care of Miss Tyson for the last 15 years of her life. She was a proud woman, and the only reason I mentioned this is because it was mentioned in her book. Now, her first movie, Sounder, she only made $6,000 for that particular role. And he said, I wanted to make sure he, uh, she knew that um, there were people who valued her. So um, in the 2007 um, film that he produced, Why Did I Get Married?, he paid Miss Cicely Tyson $1 million for that particular role. She said, he said, I love working with her, and it makes me feel great that I was in a position to give this incredible woman some security in her later years. All right now, that's what I'm talking about. Um, Perry cast Tyson in several of his movies, including Diary of a Black Woman, yep, Medea's Family Reunion, um, also um, she was in Roots and Sounder, of course. Um, that's where she made her debut. Um, and um, Sissy Tyson was 96. Wow. This past last year. Mm-mm-mm. She lived a, a really pretty good life, a full life. Also, uh, Lady Gaga. She's back in the news. Lady Gaga confirmed she's in the film Joker 2, opposite um, Shaquine um uh, Phoenix in uh, the new musical teaser. Okay. Lady Gaga confirmed her casting in Joker 2 by posting a musical teaser to social media. The sequel officially titled Joker Folly Adex will star Gaga opposite uh, Phoenix. Okay. Returning um, to the role of Joker after winning the Oscar for Best Actor. Thanks to his performance in the 2019 first installation. Yeah, that was a crazy movie, The Joker, but he he got that Oscar. 2019, he got it. He got it. And uh, last but not least, the uh, Prince Estate is finally settled after six years. Um, six years of uh, battling with Prince's Estate. Um, that's $156 million was his estate. Came to a close this week when a Minnesota judge signed off on a deal that will distribute the late singer's assets equally between, um, we've got quite a bit of people, publisher Primary Wave, three of the late singer's siblings, um, and it's about four or five other people. But I guess $156 million will go a long way. Um, the court-ordered deal also states that um, 
commensary bank and trust, a financial institution that handles the estate's transactions, their litigation will retain a $3 million. Okay. All right. That's what's up. Okay. I ain't mad at you. Do your thing. Okay. So finally, his estate has been settled. Hopefully no other people will come out the woodworks of uh, the Prince estate, but we shall see. So um, we're going to take a little, uh, as they say, a, a, a CC break, and um, we're going to get some more of this um, good music here. So sit back, relax, and uh, as I say, get your favorite cocktail. Of course, um, we're going to have a good cocktail tonight. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm sipping on uh, Jameson Orange. So <laughs> if you guys are not familiar with Jameson Orange, you guys need to get on the stick with that because uh, this stuff is, is the bomb here. So, um, all right, we're going to sit back with that, get a little music interlude, and we'll be right back.
Hello, hello. This is the original Pajama Party Adult Night Talk Show. I am your host tonight. I am Kettle. We have Red Wine and Papa Didi, and they'll be with us just a minute. Um, so sit back, relax, and get your favorite cocktail because we want to funk it up a little bit, and uh, we'll be right back. This is the original Pajama Party. You can reach us at 914-803-4306. If you want to talk about a topic, or you want to join in the conversation, what we're talking about. If not, just sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and uh, we'll be right back. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the original Pajama Party. I am Keto, and we have red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Red and wine Papa in the Didi. house. All right, Papa Didi. What's going on? What's going on? Hello, hello. What a night. Thank you. 
just got oh, off a yeah. slow boat from China. And, it's uh, all good. Man, we're here crazy. To, you're crazy, here to talk crazy. about it. You're here to talk about it. All right. Well, let's get rocking. Well, I'm ready to go in focus. I want to talk okay, about this uh, Breonna Taylor situation. Now, as the story goes, there are four current and former Louisiana, I'm sorry, Louisville police officers have finally, after all this time, been arrested for their roles in the botched search warrant that was executed at the home of Brianna Taylor that resulted in her death. Uh, these officers who will be on the kiss it list are Kel- Kelly Goodlett, Joshua James, Kyle Meany, and Brett Hankison. All of them are now facing federal charges uh, that were announced by Attorney General Merrick Garland just yesterday morning. So, round of applause for that. The officers were charged with civil rights offenses, unconstitutional use of force, obstruction, and conspiracy. So they're throwing everything at them that will stick. Uh, A court record that was filed Thursday indicates that one of the officers, Goodlett, was charged with conspiracy. And these were, uh, the conspiracy charges were also against James, another former detective, uh, that was also mentioned in the record. Now, James, uh, what's his first name? Joshua. Joshua James was fired from his position in 2021. And according to the court documents, Goodlett and James knowingly, now check this out, knowingly falsified an affidavit to get the search warrant to go in Breonna Taylor's home in the first place. Falsified the search warrant. I mean, falsified an affidavit to get the search warrant. So that was problem number one. Um, And then the officers uh, fired. I'm sorry, let me back up. Uh, Yeah, that was after they had fired a total of 32 shots. Now, the officers fired after Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, fired at them with his legally owned gun because he thought they were intruders busting into uh, her place. Now, the court record alleges that both officers, Goodlett and James, put false and misleading information in the affidavit just to get the warrant, as I said. Now, the warrant was one of five that were obtained by investigators who were looking into potential drug trafficking in Louisville. Uh, The primary target for this investigation, I don't know if people remember this guy's name, was Jamarcus Glover. He had been previously arrested for committing drug offenses, and there was like a loose relationship between this guy Glover and Breonna Taylor, something having to do with uh, a bail some kind of bail bond or something that I think she must have paid or helped him with or something. So the police were trying to make this direct connection from Glover back to Breonna Taylor. And then the police documents were alleging that um, that Taylor, I'm sorry, that Glover was, um, you know, involved in all this other stuff with the drugs and whatnot, And that's how they tried to put it all connected together with uh, Breonna Taylor. So, you know, they were talking all this stuff about jailhouse phone calls and surveillance and stuff, you know, all this stuff that they were trying to put together, but they were lying. They had stuff all crisscross, and even the guy Jamarcus Glover said that none of this stuff was for real. 
Now, if this man is going to jail anyway for drug offenses, and he's trying to say, I was not connected to Breonna Taylor like that. So, but, you know, the police disregarded that, and they were doing their own thing because, like I said, they were lying about who was who, what was what. So, anyway, officials from the Department of Justice said that, um, said that Goodlett and James allegedly conspired to cover up the fact that they did use false and misleading information to get the warrant. And in the narrative, in the record around March of 2020, James sent Goodlett a draft of the affidavit, which claimed that he verified from a postal inspector that illicit packages had been received at Breonna Taylor's address. But that was a lie. And the court records show that Goodlett knew that that was a lie. But they went forward with it anyway because they were already, I guess, had made up their mind that that's what they were going to do. So now after Breonna Taylor's death, these two guys, Goodlett and James, allegedly called, text, and met with each other to discuss the false information and coordinate the daggone cover story. See, that's how much dirt was being shoveled back and forth. These two officers met in a garage on the evening of May 17th and said, uh, one of them said to the other, we need to get on the same page because both of us could go down for putting false information in the Springfield Drive warrant affidavit. I'm just throwing my hands up like, see, this is the kind of foul, nasty behavior that goes on with dirty cops once they have already made that left turn and now they're too far in, can't go back, and instead of just coming clean, before things get to the point where somebody loses their life, this is the road they took. They just kept adding to it, cover up some more, lie some more. Well, let's just say this. Let's just say that. Let's all coordinate, get on the same page. Man, these these charges, they better find a way to make it stick. And I'm not even going to say the name of that Bama, that so-called brother who was the, uh, what was he, the attorney general? That Bama, that Uncle Tom Bama, who would not even do his job and file charges against these officers because he claims, well, the grand jury didn't see any cause. I'm like, dude, you're the attorney general. Do something. How about do your daggone job for one? But you sat back and just kind of blamed it on the grand jury didn't do this and didn't say that, so what can I do? Well, I thought you were the daggone attorney general. Piece of wasted human being. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on with this one. So we're going to have to wait and see because just keep in mind, these are just the charges. You know, <laughs> it starts with the charges. So right. we'll see what happens. Well, won't we go back and explain about the case um, about, you know, what happened. It was Taylor's apartment. It was raided in 2020 as uh, right. part of a large drug investigation, right? And, right. Um, alleged. They, alleged they, drug investigation. So apparently, I mean, did they, let me ask you a question. Did they ever admit that they were the wrong address or um, was that ever established? At some point it was because they, they finally said that it was the wrong address, but the only thing that they originally, um, I believe the, what do you call it, the charge, 
I guess it was the charge, was, uh, what do they call it, reckless endangerment, I think? Mm-hmm. That the cop who actually fired the shot that killed Brianna, he got hit with a, a reckless endangerment charge. And that wasn't even because he killed Brianna. It was because the bullet went into the home next to hers. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they were saying, yeah, I mean, really? Like, black lives don't have value? Black lives don't matter? Is that what they were trying to prove? But see, if they would have put the charge on him, he would have gone to jail probably the rest of his life. Been been, uh, murder one, two, or I don't know if there's a three, but it would have been that, and he would have gone to jail for sure. Well, that's what you know. it should have been. But yeah. they, 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 that's the best that that dumb attorney general could come up with was mm-hmm. reckless endangerment, and then the rest of it was just, oh, well, that's how it goes. They told and her I, And I think a lot of times, oh, sorry. I think a lot of cops get a pass because they are cops, and that's so unfair, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's okay. all I have on that one. Okay. Like you said, we'll continue to monitor that one because that's going to be interesting, you know. Um, if not, there's going to be some more protests, and then the folks might get out here and start doing it all over again because, yeah. Ooh. It just seems yeah. like a revolving door, you know. People wrong us. Yeah. We protest. We make a little bit of progress. And then as soon as right. you start feeling like we're making progress, something else right. happens and we start all over. We can't get no justice, right? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. All right. Um, you want to go, Papa Duty? Let me go ahead and take this next one. Oh yeah, you can go. I'm I'm uh, I'm still prepping. Uh, what you got? Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, this this character, Alice Jones. Um, the jurors, um, they um give the uh, parents of the this Sandy Hook. Uh, shooting $4 million. The jury decreed that the um, conspiracy theorists should pay compensatory damages to the parents of a six-year-old killed in the elementary school shooting. Um, wow, interesting. Uh, a Texas jury Thursday awarded the parents of a child killed in 2012 mass shooting at Sandy Hook more than $4 million in compensatory damages from the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. The first time he has been held financially liable for defaming the victim's parents by spreading lies that they were um, complicit in a a government plot to stage the shooting as a pretext for gun control. Really? This man is delusional. Um, this decision was the first in a series of uh, potential awards against Mr. Jones. Thank you. Y'all need to do something. Um, also, jurors, they awarded $45.2 million in punitive damages after the lawyer for Sandy Hook parents asked them to stop Alex Jones from talking. He was just talking too much. So, but he, um, he was saying a lot of crazy stuff, though. Right, but they said that he... Um, uh, got compensated for these things that he was doing. And he was saying, I guess people were sending him money for just the crazy stuff he was talking about. But, you know, they warned him and they told him to shut the freak up because this stuff was not true. He wouldn't shut up. So now you got to pay the piper. Simple as that. Oh, well, good. So, Maybe now he'll shut that, up. Yeah, uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. So, so um, 
So if I understand correctly, the stuff he was doing was going around on his show and speaking engagements mm-hmm. and whatnot, telling people that right. Sandy Hook never happened, that it was all falsified, right. staged. The parents were all in cahoots with all of it. It was all a big lie and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. You know, he was getting into personal arguments and stuff with some of the parents who were, you know, basically telling him to stop saying what he was saying. And he just, you know, didn't want to believe it. He kept saying that it was not true, that that wasn't real blood and this wasn't real and the bodies were not real bodies. I mean, it was a bunch of crazy stuff. And I think that was very offensive to the parents who lost their children that hear this idiot running all over the country telling people it wasn't real. Don't believe it. And people were believing him. Mhm. Yeah, that's crazy. But they say he was making money from it. You know, I don't know if these people, crazy people, were sending him money or what. I don't know. But um, he he must be a uh, forty-five follower because forty-five says the same crap. Don't believe mm-hmm. things happen. And, you know, people dis disillusion or think they are. <laughs> they in another world somewhere. I don't get it. People died. You know, kids died because. I don't know how many kids died, but I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't get it. All right. What you say, Papa uh, Yeah, Mike. I tell you what, that guy is a true nut. He's been a nut for a long time. I've seen him with, with a lot of conspiracy theories, him and uh, Marjorie Green. Yeah. Yeah, they're both, in, they, they, they're from the same nest where they just talk a bunch of crap. It's got nothing to do with anything. And like you said, Kettle, they got people sending them money and stuff like that on a regular uh, basis where where it's uh, reoccurring money, and they get big heads over that. They look at their bank account, and they're sitting on, you know, $8, 9000000 million, you know, over a couple months' time. And it's just crazy. And, and they just, I mean, he's from that whole world that, that, that Trump incubated, you know. Where you can just be just be crazy as hell, but after a while, that doesn't last long, you know. Because I mean, good will always outdo evil. It may take a little more time, but uh, like they say, it takes muscles to frown, you know. And and, and people that is all frowned up like him, and he looked like a big jerk off in that courtroom. I mean, they had him on cross examination. The judge was telling them that you know you don't go off in my court. And they got him on uh, perjury where he lied. His oh, lawyer yeah. sent text messages to the to the uh, prosecutor by mistake, you know, instead of sending it to the defense. It was it's crazy. I mean, he, he was just a man without a country. He was standing there in that room all alone because everybody's backing off. I mean, people getting busted for the insurrection, you know, in January. And, and all these people that are just being complete fools, a lot of them have seen light. You know, once you start getting charges on you and got to go to court and stuff like that, and you, you know what I mean, you, you, you see the light. You're like, well, wait a minute. Why, why am I so messed up here? You know, I'm all, I got to go to court in January, pleading guilty to federal charges. What what the hell? All I did was went to, all I did was went down there on the 6th of January and joined the Trump team. And look at me now. Well, Trump don't give a damn about you. He's in Mar-a-Lago getting fat and playing golf. So, you know. But anyway, it, it's all part of it, you know, that conspiracy theory. 
But I'm sure he'll appeal the money, and he'll be in litigation forever. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. All right. What's your info, Ms. Papaditi? Um, this whole situation with uh, the WNBA star, you know, Brittany, Kremlin said Friday that is open to talk about a uh, possible prisoner exchange involving American basketball player star, you know, Brittany Griner, but strongly warned Washington against publicizing the issue because they don't want that. When they let that guy go, that that killer, that New York, they want him to go on the down low. Griner, who's a two-time U.S. Olympic champion, eight-time R-star with WNBA Phoenix Mercury, have been detained in Russia since February 17th at the police at Moscow Airport said they found um, vaping uh, cartridges containing cannabis oil in her luggage. All right, the judge convicted the 31-year-old athlete Thursday of drug possession and smuggling and sentenced her to nine years in prison. The politically charged case comes amidst high tension between Moscow and Washington over Russian military action in Ukraine. So she got messed up during a real bad time. Yeah, that's true. And the extraordinary move, the U.S. Uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Bilkin, Bilkin uh, spoke last week to Russian Foreign Minister uh, Sergio Lavin, urging him to accept a deal under uh, which uh, Gardner and the guy Paul Wiesland, he'd been there longer, so they had to put him in his even, and another American is in there even longer, that's not even on the deal list, so it's the politics are unbelievable, you know. You know, it's like the whole double standard thing when you're a celebrity or your sports figure and all that yeah. jazz is really coming to light. And the family of the third person that's not even in this agreement is really pissed off right now. So anyway, uh uh the the um foreign minister uh, Levin and uh Moscow was ready to discuss the prison swap but that the topic should only be discussed via a uh, dedicated Russian-U.S. channels and under uh, complete secrecy, where nobody knows, nobody knows where it's going to happen or what's going to happen or what have you. So right now they're on the fence with things, and uh, it's being kicked around. So, But she's still detained to this day, as well as the other gentleman and the third person, and uh, another story we got to watch. You know? But everybody's pulling for it to come out, so... But how much did she actually have? Because I've read it was a gram. It was less than a gram. I mean, how is that smuggling? Well, it's not like you, you know, if it's the residue or under a gram. Where I don't understand how they threw the smuggling in there. Possession is one thing. But I, I guess maybe I don't understand what smuggling is. Well, not only that, you know, you're, you're not in Russia. So therefore, that's not you know they don't they don't care whether you understand or not. They doing what they want to do, and they got leverage. But yeah, that situation true. in Ukraine, all she did was gave the Russians leverage. Now, mm-hmm. laughing because the Ukraine people was fighting back, and they were taking out tanks and everything. So Putin was getting pissed off, and then all of a sudden, here's an American star. He's like, "Wow, look what fell on our lap!" Mm. And so Putin is smiling, you know. But let's hope she gets out of there because uh, I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I don't think I would ever have admitted that what she admitted to. 
and now you have nine years. I think I would have tried to continue to fight, but, you know, she has counsel and stuff, so I guess they probably counseled her to, to do it. So United States mm-hmm. just try to have some kind of leverage and, um, you know, trading her with um, some jackasses that shouldn't be traded. But, uh, you know, everybody wants her home, so. Yeah, sometimes you got to plead guilty to save that and save time yeah. and money for them. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, I heard a conversation on a on another talk radio show, and they were saying that the a lot of the players from the WNBA play overseas because they are trying to make the money that they cannot make here. And that's why they go overseas and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the American men go to Japan, yeah. Italy, go all over. Now, the NBA players are making mad money, but they still go overseas to make additional money, so the women are doing the same thing. But the problem mm-hmm. is that when you go to these other countries, and even though she's been going there for, what, since, I don't know, what, 2014 or 15, something like that, when you're when you're on going over to another country, you really do have to make sure you understand the laws, the rules, what not to do, what you cannot do under any circumstance, and you really got to hold yourself to it because it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's too many people that have gotten themselves really messed up going overseas, doing whatever they think you can do, and then only to find out you can't do that in that country. And then they want America to come and bail them out of whatever the case. Right. So I'm just saying, if you're going to travel, you better find out what's the lay of the land, get the laws, get all of that stuff straight, and walk that straight line. Mm-hmm. If they say don't blink in another country, don't blink. You better put toothpicks in your eyes and walk around without blinking if that's the rule. But I'm not trying to serve time anywhere, but especially not in a foreign country. Mhm. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that yeah. took her by surprise too, because you know you figure you just mm-hmm. you're just kind of going over there to do your thing, and you just yeah. I mean, yeah. she said it was for medicinal purposes. She had a prescription and all of that. But in, over in Russia, if their law is, I don't care yeah, if you got a got prescription. No. You can't yeah, have it over here and cross the line, the state line or whatever. So you can't just say, well, in America, you know, we can do this and that, but you're not in America. Not at all. Right. But but, but the thing is the um, charge was intent to distribute. Come on now. That little itty-bitty mount she had, what the hell, who the hell is she going to distribute that to? Well, they could spend it anywhere they want to. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're going to spend it. Make it Oh, sure. Yeah, they're going to spend it. You're right. Yeah, this is what they do. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. Keep the party moving. Uh, let's see. Where are we going next? There's a room. Anyway, um, where are we up to? The uh, What's popping or something? Or? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> what's popping? You know, what's popping with me? It's Friday, so whatever What's popping with me? is uh, 
that whole young lady in the tennis world. What is her name? Osaka? Oh, yeah, Naomi Osaka. Boy, she done lost her mind. She done literally lost her mind. I mean, you know, take a break or something, you know. Go to the Cayman Islands for a couple months and clear your head. Go up there and get shape. Get in shape. Get you a trainer or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was playing Coco Golf, who was under normal circumstances. She always had that girl beat, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that Osaka just got soft. You know, she got soft. She was winning a bunch of championships, making quick money and everything. And and when you when you a star like that, a star athlete, and you're you're going up in the rankings in tennis, you got to keep your game up. You know, look at look at these guys, these older guys, Federer and and uh, who's your boy from Spain? Uh, oh God, is that his name, Federer? Federer is one of them. Who's the other guy? Um... You know the main champions. They they won twenty something. Yeah. What's that again? Nadal. Nadal. Yeah, Nadal. Um, the other one, the one that just won. Uh... But anyway, the point I'm making is that. Oh, you talking about crazy? Yeah, your boy. But the point I'm making is that he he just won. You know, the last uh, tournament that was on. And he done won twenty something times already. Mm-hmm. You got to stay in the game. Sure. You got to. You really got to stay in the game. You know. You really. And she fell out the game, and you know, made excuses for this, excuses for that. I mean, you smoke Serena Williams. You show people that you, you got some mighty, mighty game. But then after winning a couple championships, you know, you, you she got soft. But then the comments she made when Coco Golf beat her. Was like, well, I wasn't really planning to really win anyway. I was just getting back in the game. It was some little classic uh, type of match where you could still win. I forget the name of the match, but anyway, it was the other day. Mm-hmm. And and when she lost in straight sets, you know, because Coco Golf is taking the theory, like I said about the uh, some of the male players that just they they getting older, but they still winning. Yeah. But Naomi said, oh. Well, 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 she beat me. I wasn't really trying to win. I was really just getting back into it when the see where I stood. Yeah, right. <laughs> you are a champion. Every time you put that tennis racket in your hand, you are a champion. Mm-hmm. You have won matches. You won Wimbledon. You won the U.S. Open. You know, you, come on. I wasn't really trying to win. Was that an excuse? And how disrespectful, like you said, is that the golf? Mm-hmm. To make you think she is slouch. No, golf is trying to. She's trying to win, and she know all these little young ladies from these foreign countries is kicking ass these days. They sure are. You know, and and um, look 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 when Serena came back in that last match, she got taken out in the first set. The Venus, she comes in there for shits and giggles. I don't even know but, why she's still hanging in there. Yeah, well, she you know maybe they give her three hundred thousand just for putting her name on the ballot or whatever, but uh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but you got to respect their position because it, when the game first started, you know, Venus was the one before Serena. Right. But then Serena got stronger and bigger and, and, and took over the lead. But um, but getting back to Osaka, I just think I, I pray that the, the, the sister finds her way and she takes a real mental break and that she takes a break for a minute. And when you come back, be serious. Don't make excuses. 
Because what you said about Coco Golf, she, she whooped your ass. And you should just grab your racket and went into the locker room. But to say, oh, I really wasn't trying to win, really. I was just, yeah, yeah, sure you weren't. Like a damn fool out there. Coco Golf shat your ass out in the street sets. <laughs> so Coco Golf is playing, and she playing to win. That's right. And sometimes, too, you know, Osaka probably lost her team. I mean, you got to have a team team of people and a team of love around you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to have that love, man. Look at the one boy. What's the name? What's the crazy guy's name? Uh, Djokovic. That's him. Djokovic. He got all his little farm people from the, all up in the stands, his little group of people. Mm-hmm. They love his ass. That's because he's bringing in six, seven million dollars every time he wins. So everybody's fat happy. But he keeps on, he keeps at it. Stays strong, stays in shape. It keeps it going, but um, I'm not talking about the girl or putting her down. But Naomi really needs to either shit or get off the stool, honey. All right, man. You know? Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. That's that. <laughs> you okay. That's what's up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Don't sit here and grunt. Because her name is falling. <laughs> Her name is falling back further and further. Yeah. Well, but is she blaming everything on mental health? Is she blaming everything no, on mental health? No, she didn't say mental health this time. She just said that she wanted to get in there to see where she stood. She wanted right. to get in there and see, you know. But but why would you, why would you say that when you're playing the sister? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> why would you use yeah. the sister as a, just like Chris Rock, why would you... Why would you talk about Will Smith? Why aren't you talking about Brad Pitt and his wife, uh, the other girl, you know? Mm. What's her name? Uh, oh, Angelina right. Jolie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why, don't you, why don't you make a joke about Angelina Jolie? No, you can't go there. You got to pick on the brother. Give me a break. Show your strong motherfucker. Talk about one of these white boys and their wife. Mm-hmm. Anyway, another story. Mm-hmm. All right. Another chapter in the book. All right. That's that good, my All right. Time for the Arcacatella of the Week, Week, Week. There it is. What you got for us, Tata? This is brought to you by DC Homegrown Entertainment, our parent company. Um, This is uh, short and sweet, but um, I'm sipping on Jameson Orange, so I said, let me find a cocktail. This is called the Sour Creamsicle. Uh, combine Jameson orange with tangerine and lime juice for a full cocktail that has just enough sweet and just enough sour to put a smile on your face every sip. All right, here we go. So we have our Jameson orange, of course. It says 60 milliliters, um, also 30 milliliters of tangerine juice. Hmm. It might be hard to find. I, I would use some mango, but tangerine juice, that's what it requires. 15 milliliters of lime juice and uh, 22.5 milliliters of liqueur 49. That's the liqueur that has uh, 49 different uh, liqueurs in it. That's why they call it 49 liqueur. Okay. All right. Grab a cocktail glass, shake all the ingredients, and we're going to garnish that with an orange half slice. And that is your sour cream pickle with the delicious Jameson orange. Hello. That sounds interesting. I thought it would be too sweet, but now that I'm thinking about it, that sounds pretty tasty. 
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. All right. That will cream sick. All right. Cocktail of the week. Mm. Man, I used to eat those things, the real popsicles, the creamsicles. Dream, I think they used to call them dreamsicles. Yeah, dream. Why do they call them dreamsicles? Are you dreaming about this, 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 this uh, ice cream? I don't know. I have no idea, but, yeah, I remember that. Dreamsicles. And they would melt so fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a sticky well, mess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Where to? I guess we're going to go to the weird news, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Am I, am I up first? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I've got a story about a guard cat credited with preventing a would-be robbery. This is out of Belden, Mississippi. A Mississippi man said his pet pet cat helped prevent a robbery at his home, and he credits the calico with possibly even saving his life. Uh, The cat's name is Bandit. It's a big cat. It's a 20-pound cat named Bandit, lives with her retired owner, Fred Everett, in Tupelo, Mississippi, When at least two people tried to break into uh, the shared home last week, the cat did everything she could to alert Everett of the danger. He said, you hear of guard dogs, and Everett is 68. He said, well, this is a guard cat. The attempted robbery occurred around 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Everett first was awoken by bandits' meows in the kitchen. Then she raced into the bedroom, jumped onto the bed, and began pulling the comforter off of him, clawing at his arm, and he knew something must have been wrong. He said she'd never done that before. So he thought, what in the world is wrong with you? So he got up to investigate and saw two young men outside his back door, one that had a handgun and the other one was using a crowbar trying to pry the door open. He said by the time he went back and retrieved his handgun and returned to the kitchen, the would-be retruders had already run. So he told the newspaper he didn't bother calling the police because he felt like Bandit had that thing under control. He said it didn't even turn into a confrontational situation, thank goodness, but I think it's only because of my cat. And turns out he adopted Bandit, Bandit from the Tupelo Lee Humane Society four years ago. So shout out to the Tupelo Lee Humane Society for having bandit that saved this man's life. Y'all ever heard That's of a, a hell guard of cat? Name. That's a hell of a name, bandit. <laughs> yeah, named him bandit, and bandit kept those bandits from getting Everett. <laughs> I hear you. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. Right for bandit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shout out to Bandit, the twenty pound cat. Is that mm-hmm. heavy for a cat? It just seems like it to me. Mm-hmm. Is twenty pounds heavy for a cat? Yeah, that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, let's... Papa Didi, what you got? Oh, uh, this crazy story here. This is in a prison at a inmate use a hemorrhoid clean hem hemorrhoid cream to open up a hole in, the, in a thick window. You know, I guess the window is one of them 
thick windows they used. Remember back in the day that it, they were used mostly on bathrooms that you couldn't see through. Oh. They had like, it was square, and they had like, mm-hmm. you, know, you can see light through them, but you can't see through them. Okay. An inmate at uh, Wichita, Kansas, which is in Sagawick uh, County, he revealed how he created a hole in a thick window of a cell in order to pass contraband. Apparently, he said he said he used hemorrhoid cream mm. as a hot burning fuel to soften the window. Presumably, it was a like poly uh, carbonated. Then he was able to push through it at this set for a while. So much for the hemorrhoid cream being used to relieve the burn, but uh, that, that's really interesting how that. That heats up now. I guess it's supposed to be. A, is it a burning agent or a cooling? I thought agent? it was supposed to be a cooling because hemorrhoids are supposed to burn. Yeah, but it has to. When it hits the hemorrhoid, it has to have some type of tingle or something. So, mm. I mean, I don't know. Uh, That's crazy. So he used hemorrhoid cream to, to soften up the glass on both sides, and then push through it and be able to pass it through. They must have had like a window in between the cells or something. I don't know. That but they don't show pictures. According to the affidavit, it took the inmate approximately uh, three and a half hours to get a hole in the window. So he must have had a setting point, and then made it soften, and he punched too. Mm. He said the, the inmate said that he came into the cell originally with a drain pipe from the sink, held the flame to the to the window, and used the pipe and the food tray to push the hole through the softened window. Mm. Yeah, they 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 were creative. They were doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, well, they got all day, you know. Yeah, that was creative. <laughs> all right, over to you, Kevin. Okay. Uh, candy retailer seeking taster to make up to $75,000. Hey. I'm just here eating some candy, so I can do that, I think. A <laughs> uh, Canadian company announced it is seeking a chief, quote-unquote, chief candy officer, <laughs> a CCO, to make up to 75 grand. Candy Funhouse, an online candy retailer, posted a job opening on LinkedIn seeking a chief candy officer, whose duties would include, quote-unquote, being the head taste tester, and helping to determine what products will be sold on websites and which of those will carry the um, chief uh, candy officer stamp of approval. The position pays up to $78,000 a year and is open to anyone over the age of five. <laughs> oh, wow. Imagine your best memories around candy and having that every day at work. Why not? Okay, I might have checked that. And they actually would pay somebody seventy-eight thousand dollars a year to taste candy. Uh, Yes, so. Okay. You you gonna you gonna check it out? No, I'm gonna pass on that. I I really don't need Mm -hmm. all that sugar in my blood. Dental plan? Yeah, really. Papa said, does it come with a dental plan? Uh. No, I didn't see that. Uh, uh. Mm. That's funny. Nope, not this time. All right. Well, I'm ready to jump into, I'm just saying. 
Okay. I, I don't know if I'm all out of order, but. Are uh, you good? Okay. It's a ratchet night. Uh, he said it's a ratchet night. All right. Well, I'm going to get ratchet with this story right here. Uh, this is uh, Airbnb has gone too far. Now, this week, I found out that Airbnb had a listing on their site that was described as an 1830s slave cabin. <laughs> now, they said that this slave cabin was used as a tenant, a tenant sharecropper's cabin and a medical office for local farmers and their families. Now, my question is, who thought this was a good idea? I mean, for real, who would want to stay? First of all, it's on a plantation in Mississippi, I believe, and it's a slave quarters, and you, they want you to pay money for this? It's not even about how they might decorate it or refurbish it or whatever. It still was a slave quarters. How do you sleep peacefully in a slave quarters? I mean, really, I, I just hope no black people were involved in coming up with this stupid and insensitive idea. Now, the idea was to turn the slave quarters that are still standing now, mind you, into quaint cottages for rentals. This travesty was discovered by a guy named Winton Yates, who's a black lawyer from New Orleans. He called out Airbnb last week when he discovered the listing, and uh, the listing was actually called the Panther Burn Cottage at Belmont Plantation in Greenville, Mississippi. Now, given all the trauma that went on in slave quarters, why would anybody think this was a good idea? Why would anybody even want to refurbish a slave quarter? But my question is, would y'all refurbish internment camps, like where the Holocaust uh, victims were kept, burned, uh, tortured? Would you take the internment camps where the POWs were tortured, raped, burned, etc.? Would you turn that into a vacation-type rental? Would you? No. Because you have more respect for white history than you have for black history. But they don't have any respect for the fact that these were slave quarters. Slaves lived here, died here, were raped, pillaged, tortured, abused, misused, and done everything but right in these structures. Why would you think this was a good idea? And why would anybody want to rent it? That's what I'm... I, the two things boggle my mind. Why do it and why rent it? To me, it's something wrong with both sides of that coin. And it doesn't matter how pretty you might decorate the inside or the outside. You still cannot camouflage the blood that was spilled or the lives that were tormented and lost in that structure. It's on a plantation in Mississippi. What, what were they thinking? And then Airbnb, after getting called out, of course, they came back with the, oh, we apologize. We were not aware, and blah, blah, blah. That was our oversight. Oh, we deeply apologize and regret that this listing ever came up. Well, we have removed it. And, you know, all of the kind of bull that, you know, once somebody gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar, you know, that's what they say. But I feel like, you know, nobody needs another worthless apology. And the guy who actually owns it, uh, Brad Hauser, 
he says he thought it was just an old doctor's office building. A doctor's building. Really, dude. You thought a doctor's building that was a shack. First of all, what doctor's building is in a shack that looks like slave quarters? And I'm talking about the original structure before it was refurbished. How are you going to say you thought it was just a doctor's bill? Even if you try to say that sharecroppers used to use, you know who lived on those plantations. Man, who do you think you blowing smoke? I'm not the one. Anyway, so this guy Brad Hauser is claiming, oh, I didn't know it was a slave horse. Yes, you did. You thought you were going to profit off of the backs of our ancestors once again, like your ancestors have always done, and you got caught. So just fess up, Brad, and I'm putting you on the kiss it list, Bama. I'm just saying Airbnb is wrong for this, and they need to do a better job of, uh, you know, how they process the, the listings that they accept. And that's all I'm saying. This is Red Wine, and Airbnb was tripping on that one, but I'm glad the brother found it, called him out. So y'all be on the lookout when you see something is on a plantation. Better watch yourself. Okay. I know that's right. You know what? People are going to do what they're going to do and then try to backtrack after. Oh, I'm sorry. This, that. Woo, woo, woo. Shit, it's too damn late. It's out there now. Yeah. yeah. It, it goes it's, to show you people they don't care. Yeah. It's out there. We've seen it. We know what you meant. We know what you tried to do. You know, just just, just own it. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to be full of crap, just own your crap. All this backpedaling about, oh, no, we didn't mean it like that. Oh, we apologize. We're so sorry. Yeah, you are sorry. Sorry piece of crap. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Papa Diddy. Living for the city. What's happening? We ain't going to take a CC. Oh, really? You need a CC break? Yeah, just a little break. All right. Papa Didi's calling for a CC break, so we're going to do that. And then we will be right back on the other side with Papa Didi and Living for the City on the Pajama Party Show. You are listening to the original Pajama Party with Papa Didi, Red Wine, and myself, Kettle. You can listen to us on Deezer, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So sit back and get your favorite cocktail and listen to your favorite Pajama Party crew wherever you get your podcasts because we are everywhere. Welcome back to John Perry. I'm your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wines. Bonsoir, darling. All right. Hey, look. It's time for Papa Didi and living for the city. What's happening in the city, Papa Didi? A couple of things. Um, we was a little late tonight. You know, I was on a train. There was a big rain area, big rainstorm. Hit the DMV and... Uh, 
trains suffered by trees on the tracks and things like that. But, you know, when I was on the train, uh, it just seems the white folks still got that look about them, you know what I mean? You always feel like you're being watched because I was waiting for my stock because I'm anticipating it. You know, get off the train and get to the show and everything. So I'm, I'm antsy. I'm looking out the window. I know the area pretty well, so I know what I'm going past. Let me know where I'm at. Every time I look out the window, white folks are looking at me. I was in the cafe car. Every time I get up, they're looking at me. Looking at me. I could have been down, look up. They're looking at me. I'm saying to myself, now what gets me is that? The people that are looking at me so extensively are half my age. And a lot of them are in their 20s, whatever. You know, a lot of them are obviously living off their parents, okay? You can tell them, look, when you see young people that just, you know they ain't spending their own damn money. Okay, they just got their look that they got their mother's credit card in their back pocket. Now, these people were taught so much from their parents when it comes to black people that the image that they project when they see us is just unreal. I was in a store up north called Big Lots. I put the ass on blast. And they're looking for some uh, patio chairs, being the weather is getting colder. Hopefully the chairs were cheaper. And one of the employees kind of positioned herself to watch me. And because I'm, I'm looking at the medicine and all, buying some some things, stocking up on my, you know, different uh, you know, headache pills and all that. I ain't going to say no brand because they ain't paying me. Anyway, now I'm looking at it now, and they got the security tag, you know, the little tape they use for security. Mm-hmm. They got it over top of the lot number and the expiration date. So I'm peeling the security tag off. So they must have saw me on camera doing that. She comes and positions herself right at me. I wanted to go over there and say, are you watching me? Because she was directly looking at me, and I want to say, damn, can you be a little less obvious of looking at me? First of all, you the, you the, you the poor white trash working in this motherfucking retail store. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I ain't working here. You are. But you're going to watch my ass. Now, I'm looking at the medicine you got up here, and they put all these little stickers, security stickers, on the bottom of all these things, and now... All of the medicine is stuck together. So you pull up one box of, uh, we'll say, Advil, and you put, pull up six of them. Mm-hmm. Because the security tag is stuck in the same place underneath all of them, and they just kind of adhere themselves together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, damn, and I'm lifting it up now to look for the... Whenever you buy medicine, Tylenol, whatever, I suggest you look at the expiration date. Always. Eye drops, whatever you buy... Whether it, what it got to do with eye drops or medicine, whatever. Expiration date. Make sure you see an expiration date and a lot number because if something's poison, the news is going to say lot number whatever, 43, 54, 105, you know. But they had a lot number and the expiration date covered. So I'm pulling off security tags to see, you know. But now I'm a criminal and shit. I wanted somebody to say, what are you doing? I would say undoing your stupidness is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. How am I going to buy medicine and you got the expiration date and the lot number covered on all of them? So anyway, getting back to what Red Wine said. Good friend of mine lives in Florida. Talked to him a day. He's a snowbird, you know, 
goes up to Florida, got a house up north, yada, yada, yada. Now, to piggyback on Red Wine's story, he said that, and this is my good friend, so I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about what he said unconsciously, but when he said it, I jumped in his ass, you know, as a friend. He said he was waiting for the people when he got back to Florida to come and install, and you can pull it up on your computer, to install some plantation blinds. Mm. Let me repeat that. He was waiting for them to come and install plantation blinds on his windows. And when he said that to me, and we were having a general conversation, he said, oh, yeah, I'm just waiting for a guy to come in. I got these nice blinds called a plantation. When he said that, I was like, what? I went right into it. He said, what, what? Yeah, I know the name. Know the name? And you, you signed a contract on that shit? You know what I mean? Like I said, it's my good friend, so I'm not talking about him or his wife, you know? And I was like, how the hell? What the hell? How the hell and what the hell is a plantation blind? What the fuck? Now, you're talking about Airbnb trying to sell a plantation house. These motherfuckers are named blinds, plantation. Now, what would what, what constitute in those blinds to distinguish the name plantation? Where does that fit in? From drawing them to pulling them to whatever, even if it's a remote control, where does the word plantation fit in? No clue. Okay. Anyway, like I said, that Black Lives Matter thing, you need to bump it up to another level. Because like I said, between the train, people watching you, whatever you do, whatever you anywhere, probably on an airplane as well, you get up and go on the overhead. Nine motherfucking sets of eyes are looking at you. Make sure you don't pull down their bag. Because you're black and you're going to the overhead. Mm. Crazy. I'm going to leave it right there, but Ooh. it's crazy out there. That was dumb for them to put the sticker over the expiration information. And a lot. The lot number's up top and then the expiration bottom. I peeled the shit off. Mm-hmm. I ain't buying this shit not knowing where. And, and a couple of them, the whole bottom came off. You couldn't read it off. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, let me do another one. And I'm sure <laughs> with me standing there for a few minutes, they watched me on camera. Mm-hmm. And then they send a little, one of the girls there, the stock clerk or whatever, she's wearing fucking shorts. She's inappropriately dressed like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Wearing shorts and shit. I said, well, goddamn. Must be, I want to say, nice, nice to come to work with your coochie and your fucking legs, you know. Oh, well. You know, but I left that alone. Anyway. Okey-dokey. Yeah, plantation blinds. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with those. Where their name came from, but... I'd have to look up a picture of that to see what what yeah. some plantation blind. Maybe they got a Negro in there smiling on the on the blind blade or something. I don't know. Lord help us. All anyway. right, where where are we going now? It's Freelance Friday. Where are we going? Well, did we do we did did we go to Hollywood earlier? Uh, yes, yeah. we did. We went to Hollywood early. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's time for that famous kissing list. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay, let's you do it. Kiss list. Get the kiss it list. I got some names for you. All right, Papa Didi, can you explain what is the world famous pajama party kiss it list? Kiss it list is anybody that showed their butt hiney over the last week or so, and we always got people that did that. Mm-hmm. We can put your guy, Alex. Uh, yeah, Alex uh, Jones, is it? Yeah. 
that his name, Kettle? Alex Jones? Yep, you got it. Alex Jones, yep. Uh, I'm adding Airbnb and the guy who owns that plantation property, um, Brad Hauser. Put him on the kiss it list. Uh, the four uh, Louisville cops that were involved in Breonna Taylor's death. Kelly Goodlett, Joshua James, Kyle Meany, and Brett Hankerson. They're on the kiss it list. Um, Tucker Carlson, in general, but more specifically this week, I, I, I was reading that Tucker Carlson deliberately calls the vice president Carmela. I think that's it. Cam- Carmela, Camella, something. He deliberately mispronounces her name all the time. I believe it. And I'm like, you know, you know what her name is. And I'm sure somebody on your team has told you the correct pronunciation, but you do it deliberately because that's the kind of butt you are. So, Tucker Carlson, you're on the kiss it list. Uh, who else we got? Plantation Blinds. Oh, Plantation Blinds. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. And whoever made up that name, you're on the kiss it list. And the Negroes were buying that crap. Mm. Uh, what's that chick's name? Crazy lady. Who's Congresswoman. That? Marjorie Taylor Greene. How about Her, she? the governor of Texas, governor of Florida. That's all I have. Anybody else? No, uh, Dr. Oz. Oh, okay. What? Dr. Dr. Oz. <laughs> yeah, your boy. He no, ain't nothing not. per- ain't, ain't nothing perfect about him. I got news for you. And I begin to wonder how Oprah feels now that she's finding out the realness of all these different people that she has made millionaires. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, how much of a political, you know, Republican stone cold Trumper he is. And he's running for senator in Pennsylvania, and he was only able to run for senator in Pennsylvania because. He moved into his mother-in-law's house. He has a mansion in New Jersey and a mansion down in Palm Springs. But he moved in with his mother-in-law. Oh, she lives in Pennsylvania. And she lives in Pennsylvania, which made him eligible to run for the senator in Pennsylvania. That's why he's running for Because oh, he had so nothing cool. to do with Pennsylvania. He's a Florida, Jersey guy. And, that's yeah. simple. Oh, yeah. So Dr. Oz, and he's running in November for Cinder, and, uh... Oh, also, let me add Herschel Walker. Oh, God. Just for every ignorance that oh, comes out God. of his mouth. That boy. He really needs to just stop talking. He is dumb as a box of rocks. God bless his oh Heisman Trophy winning ass. I wouldn't even disrespect ass. the rocks that way. Mm-hmm. He is just dumb. At least O.J. had a little bit of intelligence. Yeah. Wow. Well, what what is he doing? Does he ran or he's running for something or just talking? Yeah, he's running about for um. He's running in Texas, isn't it? Is it Texas? No, or Georgia? Georgia, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. He's running up against the guy that um the black guy who's the current uh, um, senator. I can't call the him Reverend anyway. Reverend. Uh, anyway, help yeah. us out. Yeah, that brother down. Yeah, he's running up against him. Trump is backing him. Mm-hmm. Running for senator um, now, not congressman, senator. 
Wow. And he's dumb as a box of rocks. Oh, he every time he opens his mouth, ignorance flows out. Yeah, that man does not know anything. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He says a lot of stupid stuff. And I don't mean just stuff that doesn't make sense. I mean actual stupid Trump knows he's ignorant. But, but he's a puppet. He's a controllable puppet, and Trump has taken advantage of that. And I don't know if he's too dumb to even realize it or if that's just he feels like I'm a riotous for as long as I can. I don't know. I think that reference name was Arnock. Yeah, Warnock. Warnock, yeah. That's his name, Warnock. He's the current senator, and and, uh, Herschel Walker's running against him. And those Republicans are going to vote for Herschel Walker because that's Trump's boy. But he's trying to keep the Senate Republican. He's a puppet. I'm your puppet. He's a med. He's he's an idiot, I swear. Oh, yeah, idiot. Also, I want to add all the Republicans who are refusing to concede the primary races that they lost, mm-hmm. and that's going on in at least about yeah. 10 or 12 years. Yeah. This stuff is ridiculous. It's almost like people have forgot to say that, you know, uh, congratulations, you know, good luck to you. That That's out the window with Republicans. Yeah. they like, fuck it. No, but they I, don't want to shut the nah. whole thing down and say, all right, it's it over. Was, it was rigged. Let's, you know, pass the baton and let's move on. Scam. They want to just spend money, do the recount, then they go around talking about rigs, stolen, cheating, and all of this stuff. But I'll tell you what, those elections in November, between Oz and the other Democrat that's running up there in Pennsylvania and oh, yeah. a couple other races, there's some interesting races coming up in November. Even in Maryland, the, the governor of Maryland race and everything, the Trumper guy that the, the current governor said he's not voting for. Well, he's, he don't want to vote Democrat. He's not going to vote for this guy. So I'm like, well, yeah, look, Hogan, what you, what you going to do, Hogan? You going to drink coffee during the day or not uh, vote? Anyway, there's going to be some deep stuff in November. All right. Well, we got a special gift for everybody on this week's full Kiss It list. And here's my empire my ass All right, welcome back to John Party One. He was Papa DJ. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Oh, my darling. It's time for the last word. Yeah, sorry about the rough start, uh, but uh, things happen. And we All tried right. to come in, and uh, next week we'll get it right. So what's your last word, Papa DJ? My last word is that... Uh, on the train tonight, I was disappointed, you know, because I think that the uh, conductors didn't tell the people what was happening in a timely matter. And uh, one conductor even took a picture. One passenger took a picture of the conductor. He was so mad. 
Because people know how long it takes to get from Baltimore to D.C. You know what I mean? If you're sitting on the train for 45 minutes, when it don't take but 20 minutes to get from Baltimore to D.C., you're like, well, is somebody going to speak on the microphone? And he was pissed off. So I, I don't give kudos to the railroad tonight. They were very uh, neglectful. But uh, it's one of the best ways to travel. It's not going to beat them up too much. Anyway, um, I just want to stay, uh, stay safe out there. and Watch those eyes on you when you do stuff on a plane and a train. Because, man, white folks are watching our ass, huh? I don't know what it is, man, but they, shoo, a lot of Karens out there. Because we're beautiful. Yeah. They don't know what to do with all this beauty. Mm, is that what it is? And handsomeness and gorgeousness. Mm-hmm. They just can't handle it. All right, well, my last word is when you travel, please get in the habit of checking the smoke detectors in your room. There have been some horrendous fires lately. And then they questioned, well, were the smoke detectors working or not? There was one where uh, the two uh, daughters couldn't get out. And it was so sad, so sad. And they were uh, in a rental house. I don't know if it was an Airbnb, but it was a house they were renting uh, Mm -hmm. for vacation. And I was thinking, yeah, it was in in the Hamptons. We need to really be more diligent when you travel. You know, we see the smoke detectors and hotels, the Airbnbs, uh, timeshares, but do we ever bother to check them before you lay down and go to sleep? So I'm just saying, when you travel, start paying attention and check those smoke detectors just for your own safety and, you know. That's a good start, but I also think that it's good to walk around that crib and and do your own self-assessment because, you know, you could have just be on the tail end of some college age people that just came here and wore it out. Yeah. Stuck off kind of stuff in Should electrical sockets or whatever. So Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah watch I'm just saying, watch check that. it out. Yeah. Check out the safety of the place where you stand. So go stay in a damn hotel room, shit. Alright, that's my last <laughs> word. What's your last word, Kel? Hey, I'm 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 for a hotel. Hey, give me a hotel. Yeah, right. That right. Airbnb stuff, I just can't get with that right now. Um that's I heard that. stuff. Mm. Um, give me a hotel, me a Hilton or something like that. I'm good. Um, yeah. I was going to say, um, everybody be careful out there. We have a lot of storms and stuff in this area. Uh, a lot of lights are out. Be courteous drivers. You know, when you come to a flashing red light, you're supposed to stop. And then, you know, it's like a stop sign, four-way stop sign. If there's no light, then just be more courteous, you know. So it won't be no accidents or anything like that. So there's a lot of trees down. So just be safe and be aware of what's going on. So, um, yeah, that's my last word. So, All right. All right. Thanks for uh, starting the show off tonight, Kelly. Good job. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, thank you. All right. Well, we're going to get on out of here, say good night, and we'll do it again one time next week. Yeah. Uh, say goodnight, Pop. Yeah, we was vicious CP time. Huh? Yeah, CP didn't all over the place. All right. <laughs> say say goodnight, Papa Didi. Good night, everybody. Say goodnight, Cattle. Good night, And good night. Catch us next week. And don't forget to check us out on all your podcast areas. Wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find us there. We're out. Initiating shutdown sequence. 
Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Put some of us today. Put some of us today. Party cool, keep it real for you. No clothes allowed. Put some of us today.